Welcome to Mavs Plane. We talk about something new every single day. My name is Bobby Carell from Mavs Digital. Joining me today is the DFW Metroplex's foremost Boban authority. I am, of course, talking about Isaac Harris. You can find him at Isaac L. Harris on Twitter, also on Locked on Mavs every day, and frequenter of uh, Mavs.com and Mavs Plane as well. Isaac, how are you doing, man? I'm doing just fine. If I was the true Boban expert, I would have one of his big blankets because I just, that's all I want right now. That's what I want for a gift for my next birthday gift or Christmas gift, whatever it is. I just want one of those blankets. That's all I want. I want one of those blankets to hug me so bad. <laughs> like they look so cozy and comfy. And also like it, the blanket looks big on him. How much, wh- what are the dimensions of these blankets that he's hawking on Instagram? It's at least 10 feet. I did look them up. They're a little bit out of my price range, so I'm, I'm waiting for that discount code. Uh, but it just, yeah. One of them's like 40 pounds. Oh so, my God. <laughs> yes. I just, I, I just want one of these really bad. Wow. Wow. Well, maybe after this episode, he might, uh, he might slip you a discount code because we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about the finals MVP, Boban Marjanovic. And of course, until another game of basketball is played, Boban is your finals MVP. Generally, the award is given to the best player on the team that wins the last game of the year, and that was the Mavs. Boban went for a career-high 31 points, I think it was, against Jokic and the Nuggets and just styled all over Denver on national TV, no less, and the Mavs won the game. But, of course, he was a fan favorite long before that. This is going back all the way to his uh, early days in San Antonio. But for the purposes of this podcast, we're going to talk about Mavericks, Boban, and the love affair between Dallas and the seven foot four big giant teddy bear, really, I think is the best way to describe him. Uh, but Isaac, the reason that I, I brought you on, I summoned you to talk about Boban, is because uh, you were kind of the I, I I called you the the expert on Boban, but that that was actually not a joke. You really are because uh, you wrote this article for Mavs.com uh, earlier this season about his relationship, not only with like the fans and. He's obviously a fan favorite, but, you know, he's a big guy, he's goofy, you know, he, he's, he always puts up numbers when he comes in the game, but he's just a really, really good dude, a good teammate, a hard worker and everything. And so um, you talk to basically every single player on the team about this guy and like to a man, they were like, I, I would give my life for Boban. I mean, they, they really, really love him. So uh, what did you learn about him and, and about his relationship with the, uh, with his teammates while you were kind of, you know, researching that article? Yeah. So when, when you're in the media and you talk to players about different subjects, you know, you always approach some of them, you have different relationships with some players, some of them, you know, you don't uh, as strong uh, as relationships, but you go up to them and you know, you ask them a question, Hey, can I ask you about, you know, whatever it is, a previous game, a play or whatever. And, you know, not all the times, you know, players, I would be the same way if I was a player. Not all the time. Players just want to get home to their families. They just want to get out of there after a game and, you know, whatever it is. So I remember asking a lot of these guys after a game, um, whether it's a practice before a game, and it was consistent throughout the whole roster from right off the bat. I was like, hey, do you got a few minutes to just talk about Boban? And all of them would just light up. Bobby? Yeah, I'll talk about Bobby all day, every day. And that was the immediate thing because, man, it's, you just don't, you don't see that. Like, you don't see that all the time. Like, players like talking about their teammates, you know, most of the time. But light up, that was, that was the key. And like, dang. Like, because 
What what was your initial thoughts when when it came across that Dallas was signing Boban over the offseason? Like you you see the report. What was the your first thoughts about that when you saw it? I thought it was great. I thought Luca is going to love this. Really is. That was like the first the first thing that went through my mind is Luca is the happiest guy on earth. Yeah, and, and you know, I was thinking about because when you, when you hear Boban's name, you always think about just how fun. Like I just think of fun. And because you see the Bobby and Toby show of his relationship with Tobias Harris in, in his previous stops in LA and Philly. And, you know, you hear about, or you see him in the John Wick movie, which was one of the funniest cameos ever. And uh, you, you just see the fun side of him on social media. And so when I first saw that, that he was signing in Dallas, I just got excited from a selfish standpoint of, I get to cover this guy. Like we get to be in the same locker room. I get to talk to this guy. And I remember media day, he was the first guy that I was going looking for. I'm like, all right, I'm cool. Luke is in better shape. All right. I just want to go see, I just want to go see Boban and see him in person. So that, that was a lot of fun to try to get to know him some, but I think one of the, and we could talk about funny stuff in a little bit, some of what the guys said, but one of the big takeaways from writing the story about Boban was, and, it, and this was another thing that was consistent across the roster when talking about him, was how hard of a worker he was. And because all of it, you know, people talk about how fun he is and how much of a joy he is to be around. But the hard work and the effort that he puts in off the court to where we could look at his game logs and see like you know, 40 games into the season, he had only, he'd only appeared in 20 of them. And like a, a good portion of those 20 games, he had only played like 10 minutes in some of them. But you see this Denver game, you see this game against the Lakers. You see these games to where when his number is called, he, he typically, you know, puts up the numbers. He, he makes his time worth it on the court. And that, that right there shows you all of the stuff that he does off the court. And you see Rick Carlisle say these comments after the game that he said, Rick said that one time he said, I think he set a record for scrimmages with the interns uh, because this is what Boban does. He always stays ready. And for a seven foot four guy, that's not the easiest thing to always do. Yeah, they're so to, to take you behind the scenes a little bit, after every Mavs practice, typically you'll have guys playing shooting games or whatever on one court. Maybe, you know, maybe someone's working with Sham on some ball handling, uh, someone's working on free throws, guys will lift weights, some guys, you know, they already lifted weights before practice, so they'll just get out of there, whatever. Everybody kind of does their own thing. But on one court, it is interns working with some guys. Usually it's like if someone's been hurt they're trying to get back into game shape they'll do some runs or uh you know a, a lot of the times it's like the young guys that don't get many minutes will will play uh Boban plays in every single one of those games and you know usually like I said usually it's like a rehab thing for injured guys so like sometimes he's not even shooting but he's just in the game working running up and down uh if big guys are in there they're posting him up I mean he is like always always playing uh and and he's always having a good time too but like to to your point um, it's serious business when he's on the floor and what he did in Denver. I mean, just to, to give you an idea of how important staying ready is he played 31 minutes in that Denver game. It had been like four years since he'd played more than 22 minutes in a game. I mean, we're going back all the way to like 2016, 2015, 20, like in, in, it's been a very long time since he's played that many minutes in a game. And even if you're a guy like him, you know, obviously you're not running off screens, you're not racing up and down the floor or anything. Um, it still takes so much effort for him to get up the floor 
and down the floor and to guard freaking Jokic, who made first team All NBA last year, in a win and dominate on the glass on both ends. He's got to he's got to bust his butt just to get up and down ninety four feet. And uh, so it's not only his infectious personality and everything, but like you've got to respect how hard he works because just the act of playing basketball is kind of a it's it's a pretty demanding task for a guy that size yeah and that size and even looking I mean this is a whole different uh conversation but what all Dirk went through <laughs> to to be ready and you know the last what handful of years really uh of his career that everything he went through off the court that a lot of that a lot of us probably wouldn't even ever know the full extent of that uh to, for him to be ready uh, I go back to some of these quotes uh, that I had from the story talking to Rick Carlisle on Bobon. He said he loves to be in the gym and loves to practice. And this was the direct quote I said. He said he set the record for the record uh, for a number of pickup games played with our interns this year. It helps keep him tuned up and ready to play. Maxie added to this and he said he's a crazy worker. Sometimes he just does too much. Sometimes you just want to get get some shots up and he's running up and down and doing whatever he wants to do. He's a lot of fun. And I love that quote from Maxie because you can just like picture Maxie talking about this saying, hey, sometimes you just want to go out there and just have fun, you know, just get some shots up, just, you know, just play around a little bit. But Boban's like, no, I'm going to go all out 100% all of the time. And that's the tone that he sets as one of the vets on the team. And then he comes in the game and, you know, the the times that he does get spot minutes, he'll play like five minutes here, eight minutes there and come in and get like a double double in 10 minutes. I mean, he's like he really does kick people's butts when he's out on the floor and you can't go from, uh, you know, he's a funny guy, obviously, but you can't just be silly and goofy all the time unless you're like a real secret, like murderer like he isn't John Wick you know because if if all you do is just make people laugh and just have a good time and stuff you'll be out of the league if you can't play but clearly he can play I mean he can dominate in games his the last two times he's played double digits in minutes he's gotten a double double and in fact that probably goes back even for I know it is just the last two times but um the last two times he's played double digit minutes he's gotten a double double so uh there is definitely some substance behind his style and that's the tone that vets on the team they set that tone for the in the entire team we've talked about the makeup of this roster and you have the you know these young guys and Luca and Brunson those guys and then you have the late 20s guys of Hardaway and Dwight Maxie and those guys and then you have they only have you know a couple of guys a handful of guys over the age of 30 and you're looking at JJ and Courtney Lee and Boban and I think Seth just turned 30 or about to um, yeah, recently too. So Boban's one of the vets on the team and he sets that tone at going back and looking at what he means. Uh, how, actually, I want to ask you this, this question, how important is it for a good basketball team in the NBA to have a locker room presence like this guy? When you look at good teams across even Dallas's history, but just good teams across the league of having a guy like this, he's kind of like a glue type of guy that just brings the team together. How important is it to have a guy like that? Well, there's different kinds of glue guys, right? I mean, some teams you'll have, um, like James Posey, for example, I know is like Bill Simmons' all-time favorite glue guy because kind of like Boban, he didn't play all the time, but when he did, he went really hard and you know always contributed. But uh, then you have other guys on the opposite opposite end of the spectrum. You could even argue that somebody like Deshaun Stevenson was a glue guy here whenever he was in Dallas because he was always finding ways to get guys motivated and he wasn't afraid of anybody and he was going to come in the game and talk trash and like do kind of something different 
than what your everyday like main rotation players can do and also the act of doing that is kind of like this galvanizing um you know uh, uplifting motivational thing almost but Boban is such a goofball and guys like that have had really good uh, runs of success in Dallas you think someone like Brian Cardinal really goofy guy but like you know sometimes you just need guys that can lighten the mood a little bit you know that will uh, maybe not take everything so seriously because did you play 82 games that's a lot of games even if you're really good and uh, usually even if you are really good you're gonna have a five game losing streak and everyone's gonna be at each other's throats and player will get into an argument with the coach and this guy's going to be mad because he just got benched and you make a trade and everyone's like oh my god every you know things get uneasy from time to time even on really good teams so to have someone that can just sort of like be like hey guys relax you know let's watch my john wick uh highlight tape you know it, it just really kind of like is that, that's enough to lift the mood uh, i think all around and so i think it's very very important uh especially for a team like the mavs who have, you know, someone like Luca who's very young and, you know, kind of gets gets pretty upset at times on the floor, you know. Uh, I think it's good to have someone who can kind of, like, tussle his hair whenever he sits down on the bench to say, like, hey, buddy, it's going to be okay. And they seem like they've created a, a cool bond between each other despite there being a, what, 10-year difference in age between the two. And uh, you kind of see the different stage of, of life of NBA players of Luca being 21 and, you know, his girlfriend and dogs and, you know, talking about, you know, during quarantine, playing video games and stuff. And Boban, you know, has kids. He's over 30, different stage of life. But in the locker room, they seem like they've created a really close bond. And that's been cool to see that kind of develop from just, you know, on the outside looking in. When you look at, uh, I like this quote from Courtney Lee. He says, Bobby is a bubbly dude, a happy giant. And I like that he calls him a happy giant. He said, that's my guy. He comes in and practices hard every day. He keeps a smile on his face no matter the situation. And I think that's that's huge to go, like, to build on what you just said, that there's a lot of stuff that changes in the NBA, on, on an NBA roster, whether it's, you know, transactions and players getting, you know, going down to the G League or injuries happen. There's a lot of changes that happen. But it sounds like Boban is one of those consistent, like, pieces that you know, no matter what's going on, no matter what's going on in your life off the court or what's going on with the team, that you, when you walk into the practice facility, that Boban's going to have a smile. Boban's going to lighten the mood. You know that he's always going to be there to help keep the team together. And I just love that, you know, Courtney kind of talks about it. He's like, no matter the situation, like, he's always going to have a smile on his face. He's, you know, that he's always going to be there laughing and lightening the mood. So I, I'd, I'd love that quote from Courtney. And of course, Courtney's wanna, been with him for a while too. Yeah, well, and and Courtney and JJ and Boban all have this in common. So these are all guys who are in their thirties, veteran players uh, who are all products of success. Courtney's been to the playoffs a million times. JJ obviously as well. He has a championship. Boban was on some very very good Spurs teams, uh, and also plays for Serbia. You know, for their national team, and they've got you know all sorts of success too. So these are guys that are used to playing, used to playing minutes uh, on very good teams. None of those guys play hardly at all for this Mavs team, but every single one of them is like not being a problem despite that, you know, like they're, I'm sure they're not okay that they're not getting minutes. I bet you, if you, uh, you know, told JJ, this is going to be off the record, he'd say, yeah, I want to play more. You think, are you crazy? Uh, Courtney, same thing. Boban, same thing. But all three of those guys are kind of like, 
I'm okay with you know this this is cool too you know I'll I'll be kind of a Courtney is kind of Luca's uh, JJ right to KP like Courtney and KP came from New York together they've played together for a while they're really tight uh, if KP you know needs somebody to talk to he can talk to Courtney if Luca needs someone to talk to he can talk to JJ if either of them or both of them are in a bad mood Boban is there to wrap his big old arms around them and, and you know kind of settle them down so. Those three guys are super duper valuable to uh, to Luca and KP, especially to everybody else as well. But simply having those three veteran guys on your bench, who you can plug and play at any point, and they'll contribute. You know, Courtney especially before the hiatus was like he was kind of putting a stranglehold on the on the backup wing spot there. He was playing really well. Um, but more important than their ability as players, I think, is just like their presence in the locker room, on the bench, during games, kind of, you know, three fresh sets of eyes. JJ is a coach in the making. Courtney gives a lot of advice, too. I don't know if he wants to be a coach, but I think he'd be a good one. Um, you know, it, it's it's just very, very valuable to the young guys to have these old heads that they can count on and rely on who are not going to cause any locker room drama at all, uh, you know, in, in kind of a selfish sense of wanting to play more. And for them to see these vets fully buy into that role, I think that's one of the biggest things of seeing Boban buy into this role. That hey, you're not you might not play you know very many nights here and there, but then depending on a matchup, you might you know play 15 or 20 minutes. I, I remember a few years ago I talked to uh, Donnie Nelson about the center position in today's game. And Donnie told me that, hey, he's like, the center position in today's game, you almost got to view it, unless you have one of those, you know, superstars, you almost got to view it like a bullpen in, in baseball, that you got to have your, your big body guy, you got to have your rim roller, maybe a guy that can stretch the floor a little bit. Like, you have these different pieces. And when they brought Boban in, it's like, all right, there's another bullpen piece, if he buys into the bullpen piece. And it's really cool seeing a vet buy into that of saying, all right, I know that I'm going to be brought out there and expected to play some minutes against somebody like Jokic, against somebody like Dwight Howard. You know, Rick likes playing against Dwight Howard against the Lakers. Um, you know, then you have, you know, rim roller like Dwight Powell. And you might have, you know, another guy like Maxi. So you got these you know guys that kind of rotate when KP plays a five-some. So him buying into that bullpen reliever type of role I think that play that's huge for a younger team to see that from a vet. Yeah, and if you know I, the Mavs are kind of a, a fun-loving team anyway, and so if you don't believe the kind of the, the truth to what you just said there, then look at the way that other guys react whenever they run into Boban. Like Montrez Harrell, Andre Drummond, these guys like come sprinting up to him whenever they're in the same gym to give him a big hug in layup lines, like. People genuinely love this guy. They love Boban. You, you have got, I, I think it's the same way with DeAndre, same way with Tobias Harris. Obviously, those guys were, were really good buds uh, in Philly and in uh, L.A. too. Embiid, I mean, every guy that has ever played with Boban just loves him. It's, it's, it's a testament to the power of positive energy. Right. And, you know, there there are very popular guys around the league. I'm sure every single player in the league is popular with somebody. But Boban seems to be popular with everyone. And and that's just that's a really, really cool thing to me. And in his like his ability to lead that kind of or set the tone for the team chemistry, I go back to a media day and uh, I was talking to Jalen Brunson about them building a family with this roster heading into this season. And this was media day before they even you know had one day at training camp, before they even played a preseason game, anything. Jalen Brunson said this quote, and I always go back to it. He said, if we are winning, it will be because of how close we are. 
And I love that on media day that that was the mentality of Brunson and this team going into the season. And you look at it, and when you know the NBA suspended play, they're at 40 wins. The, you know, basically the the win you know total the the over under win total set before the season with you know over 10 games to you know go in the season. So they were winning. They were a playoff team. And I you know, bet if we talk to players right now that they would contribute a lot of that to team chemistry. And Boban had a huge part of that. Yeah, for sure. You think of all of the ingredients to a, a good team. You got to have talent. You got to have, you know, the right attitude and there's got to be buy-in and all that stuff. You know, talent is obviously very important. But um, the thing that stirs the pot is how these guys get along. And if you look closely, you'll see that the paddle is being held by Boban. <laughs> he's he's got the chef hat on and and he's keeping these guys engaged. Um, and I, I, I actually want to build on that as him being the the pot stirrer of that in a good way, because uh, Maxi actually said he said every time he comes in here he is in charge of giving us a good vibe. Like they they've given him the crown of this. Okay, you're in charge of setting the tone of our team. He's making jokes. He's loosening. This is Maxi saying this. He's making jokes and loosening everybody up. He is never mad and accepts his role. He always stays ready. Having a teammate like him is big time for a team like us. And I, I just like you can't it, it kind of, in the same weird way. It's kind of like Dirk where you hear all these like great things about the person of Dirk. And then you finally, you know, see it a little bit. You see a little bit behind the curtain and you see teammates, how they talk about him. And you're like, all right, whew, he actually lived up to it. Like everything you heard about it, you're like, thank he's not God. actually a jerk. <laughs> I know. Like, thank God. Like it, it actually, you know, lived out. And Boba is the same way that everybody hyped him up, how cool and nice he was and team chemistry and all this stuff. And man, he's living up to every bit of it. Yeah, and if if Boban ever goes to a new team or retires a Mav and comes back to a game later or whatever, I think you'll you and I will be the first people in line just waiting to run up and give him a big old hug, just like old Trezel will. <laughs> yes, and love, so love that guy, man. Before I know, uh, yeah. Before we end our pod, I want to uh, touch on a few things that funny stories that some guys told me. Uh, in when I was doing this story, Maxi uh, talked about Boban just loving ramen noodles, and I say ramen. I know you say ramen. <laughs> it's, it's ramen. It's definitely ramen. <laughs> sorry guys, sorry ramen. There you go. Uh, from Kentucky, I just blame everything on Kentucky. Oh my uh, god, that's sorry funny. scooter. Sorry scooter. <laughs> But uh, but anyway, he talks about him loving noodle shops. But he also t- told me this story Maxie did uh, this time that he's on the team plane, and Maxie's you know players and stuff they they watch a lot of you know game tape on on the plane and stuff with coaches, teammates, whatever. And Maxie or Maxie was telling how he's watching this you know, this game tape on the plane, and all of a sudden he said he feels this hand palm the top of his head. And he, Max, he's telling me the story and he, he's pointing at his face, his like jawline. And he's saying the fingers wrapped so far down my face that it was reaching like palming, wrapping around my jawline. And oh like, God. there's only Max, there, he's a big dude too. He's got I a big like, head. There's only one guy on the team that has hands that big. And uh, so he knew that that was Boban. And literally players have stories like this for days. Jalen Brunson, uh, well, actually, Maxi said the very first preseason game, he said, I remember watching Boban from the bench, and it was the first time I've really watched him up close and, you know, been on the same team. He said, I feel like the other team was just, like, kids. He said, Boban was just out there just playing with, like, Little League kids and stuff. Um, Brunson he tells He 100 pounds more than, like, most centers. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, he, he, like, when Drummond went up and gave him a hug, I was like, dude, Drummond – you're tiny compared to him. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> Brunson's a big dude. Um, Brunson, uh, Jalen Brunson tells uh, his favorite <laughs> Beaumont story 
was uh, in practice one day. He said it, it was the only time I've ever seen in my life that somebody dunked the ball and then they jumped. And he said, that was the craziest stuff I've ever seen in my life that who could dunk the ball without jumping. And then they jumped after they dunked. And he said, it was the weirdest thing, but it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. He told that story. Someone said, what's the funniest thing you've ever seen in the NBA? And and that's what he came up with too. Of like, dang, I really wish that I was there to see that. Frankly, because it sounds it sounds amazing. All right, what do you think is his most iconic uh, moment as a Maverick? So there's going to be two choices. Ooh. Was it scoring 31 points and getting 17 rebounds in a win against Jokic and the Nuggets as the Mavs were shorthanded on national TV in one of the craziest nights in NBA history, or please say what I think you're going to say. Was it the time whenever he rescued the ball from behind yes! the basket? Two games in a row. Yes. Two games in a row. Yes. That's which, it. which is more iconic? That That's it right there. You, no more options. Him, that moment in the season was just seeing everybody in the arena, 20,000, how many ever, I mean, it was a sellout. The streak was going. So uh, the sellout uh, streak and everybody was super hyped. And to see Boban save the day because KP tried and KP failed. KP tried and, and he, failed. He could not get the ball down. An utter Boban, disaster. <laughs> Boban coming to save the day. And then the next game, seeing JJ and them automatically, like that'd be super quick, pushing Boban off the bench and say, Hey, you got to go get this ball. Like what's the odds we even see the ball get stuck? Yeah, two games like ever. It never gets stuck like that. And for it to happen two games in a row is insane. Both times at home, like it it yeah, it was it was very funny. I don't know if you've seen it, but uh uh our our video team made that kind of like well, it's not a spoof. It was very genuine and, and real. Uh the kind of the, the video reliving that moment and how KP was like, I failed the team, man. I let I let the team down. Uh, Rick Carlisle was like, I've never seen that in my 30 years in the NBA. I've never seen anything so special. Uh, it's it's really funny. We posted about it on IG. So if if you haven't seen it, then go check it out. Um, yeah, I'm with you. That's that's a pretty that's an iconic moment. Like jokes aside, I think that's one of the things that we'll remember like forever <laughs> about Mavs yes. basketball is the time Boban saved the saved the day. And a Boban three at the end of a game at the end of a blowout. I mean, that's the ultimate victory cigar, right? There's nothing it to is, that. It is. Dude, that is that is running up the score right there. Yes, it's the it's so the best funny. part. It's the only time that it's okay for a player to shoot inside the final like 10 seconds of a game. Nobody's getting mad at game. Boban for that. Yeah, not even the the opponents are like, "You know what? Boban, like take the shot, please. Please <laughs> take the shot. Take the shot. It's checkmate." Um all right, Isaac. Thank you for joining us today. This was fun. It was fun talking about Boban. I I I think it's, you know, it's I'm pretty confident that he's uh, he's everybody's favorite Mav. I think it's it's fair to say, or one of, one of the all time favorite Mavs. I think. Um, so this is Mav Explained. Make sure uh, make sure you smash that subscribe button, uh, rate and review this pod. If you don't, Bobon will smash you. So uh, the pressure's on. Um, for Isaac, I'm Bobby. Thank you again for listening to Mav Explained. We will be back with you tomorrow.